your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday, November 5th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Man 12 you can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. You can also follow the national show Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So I want to start off with the biggest story of the day where South Florida native Chase Prisky for the first time ever a Florida Panther player will make their debut being born in the area and as some of you probably heard maybe some of you haven't Chase Prisky is a Pembroke Pines native just 15 20 minutes south of VB&T Center not even um Grew up, grew up playing junior hockey. There's been many pictures posted with him on Twitter of him in a hockey uniform in his junior Panthers with the old school vintage Florida Panthers logo. And he, uh, he grew up with the team. Uh, and it's great to see because when you think Chase Brisky even talked about it in his uh, presser after morning skate talking about when you look at where everybody is from you either see Canada you see the northeast part of the United States or you see somewhere overseas like Sweden Finland Russia and it's a rarity for people to be from South Florida to make it into the NHL you think of quite a few players like Jacob Chikrin son of Jeff Trickren, who you see on Bally Sports all the time, and Shane Gossespierre, uh, someone who was on waivers sometime last year from the Philadelphia Flyers, who some thought that Florida Panthers were going to take a, not no pun intended, flyer on him and claim him off waivers last year, but they decided not to do it, not to bring the South Florida native home. But for the first time ever, um, Someone makes their NHL debut for the Florida Panthers. Uh, And it was a great story. As somebody from the area myself, it was... It was very heartwarming, too. As I felt a little connected with Chase Briggs. And I'm sure some of you guys did, too. Especially some of you guys listening to this podcast who are from the area, too. And how... you, You feel like you kind of... Not necessarily with him on this mission, but kind of like, you know, even though you, some of you might not know him personally, I don't know him personally, but you see a kid in his town and grows up with the team, cheers for the team. He went 
to his first Panther game when he was one month old. And Chase Brisky also talked about his dad being proud of him. His dad passed away in 2013 and talked about how his mom was going to be crying, especially when he took his uh, rookie lap around in warmups and talked about how he's going to invite like over 30 people to his NHL debut. And he found out actually right before uh, AHL Charlotte coach um, Jordy Kinnear broke the news that he was going to be making his NHL debut uh, right before he took the shuttle from Charlotte to South Florida. He knew. We, the fans, and many media members didn't know yet until George Richards of Florida Hockey Now drove into the BB&T Center this morning, excuse me, FLA Live Arena this morning, and saw the sign that says Chase Prisky uh, makes his NHL debut tonight. Welcome home. And there was signs that he was going to start, not start, but play, with Radical Gudis being hurt. Marcus Nunavar also being hurt. So that gave an opportunity for Chase Brisky to be be in the lineup. That was something we kind of saw coming, but nothing became official until this morning when the Florida Panthers took morning skate. And Chase Brisky also talked about how he had to do a double take when he was driving to the FLA Live Arena this morning for morning skate. And it seems as if I mean, at least if I were in that position, that it would, it would feel kind of a full circle moment that, sure, of course, you need to play the games and you need to not only make the NHL, but stay in the NHL. But all the hard work, all the sacrifice that parents do to pay for the equipment, drive your kid from one practice to the next, um, even for some parents, um, they get out of work and immediately they don't go back home. They It's on to take their kids to practice and then maybe going back home and then coming back and picking up their, their kids from practice. That's a lot of sacrifice that someone, that any professional athlete, when they look back at their time of parents taking them back and forth between that, you think, you think of someone like Chase Prisky in this situation, and of course any NHL player, but Chase Brisky, I'm sure that's what something he thought about. And the fact that it's in his own backyard, he talked about his time at the Pines Ice Arena, uh, playing games as well. He he talked about how it's full circle, and what a great moment. This is such a big moment for this community, and for the growth of this game too. Of course. South Florida is not your traditional hockey market. We know that. We can't be ignorant to it. But the fact that you have stories like Chase Brisky, and Ch- let's not forget, Chase Brisky was part of the package that sent, along with Itu Lusterainen over here to the Florida Panthers for Vincent Trocek. And <laughs> we'll talk about Itu Lusterainen later, who got the game winning goal. And. We saw how Vincent Trocek scored a lot, especially against the Panthers last year. And that was a trade that was looking like that the Florida Panthers were not going to get, that they didn't get the return they wanted. 
But I liked what I saw from Chase Brisky. Uh, disrupting passes in the slot, especially creating some rushes on the other end. And we'll talk more about that in the next segment. And then Itulu Sturainen gets a game-winning goal. And that's all part of that same trade, along with Eric Halla and Lucas Walmark. And those were expiring contracts, and those were never meant to be long-term solutions. But, man, these guys have stuck around. And the Florida Panthers, let's not forget, he was an RFA this past offseason. And they gave, qualified an offer for him. Uh, Chase Brisky, he w- spent four years at Quinnipiac University, was a captain his final two seasons, averaged a point a game in his very last season. And the year after, he, uh, the Char- um, Charlotte Checkers won the AHL Championship, the Calder Cup. He was part of that team. and. One teammate that he was played with before, along with Itulus Thorining, along with him, was Gus Forsling before Gus Forsling was placed on waivers by the Carolina Hurricanes. So there's familiarity, too, with uh, Chase Brisky coming into the mix with the Florida Panthers and also being comfortable with a few teammates that he's been with before. That's another thing. So hopefully... Though, Prisky, with playing tonight, was a result of Radko Gudis being hurt and Marcus Nudevar being hurt. Not sure how often he'll play. There's probably need for some a little bit more development. There's probably he's probably going to be sent down again to AHL Charlotte. But so far, I like what I see, and I'm very encouraged that if he, even if he is sent down after tonight's game, that I hope. I really hope to see him back because this is such a great story for him, his family, the Florida Panthers, and more importantly, the South Florida community. So what a night for him. And that's what I really wanted to start off this first segment with because as, as, a, as a South Florida native, it, it, there's, a lot, there's a lot of pride that comes with that. And I hope that you, the listener, who especially from the area, feel that same way too, for sure. And I haven't even got um gotten to breaking down last night's win against the Washington Capitals. So we'll be doing that in the next segment. So keep it right here on Locked On Panthers, your first listen of the day. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bars is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Bilt Bar or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. Share some with your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like built bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all surprises. 
Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 50% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% at Built.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast where the Florida Panthers are coming off a 5-4 victory over the Washington Capitals. And this was a game where you come into this one thinking, how the hell are you going to stop that top line from the Washington Capitals of Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Tom Wilson, which has mostly produced the points for the Washington Capitals this season. If you listen to my crossover with Tyler Cool of Locked On Capitals, then the problem that Washington has had this season has been they've been very top line reliant, where the majority of the scoring has really come from that. First line of um, Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Tom Wilson. I mean, Tom Wilson not really getting the goals. Um, got his first one tonight, which we'll discuss a little bit um, later. But, yeah. Um, the Florida Panthers, they rolled off the lines of Carter Hagee, Alexander Barkov, Anthony Duclair, Jonathan Huberto on the second line, Sam Reinhart playing 2C with Sam Bennett being day-to-day still. Don't know whether he would ret- will return on Saturday against the Carolina Hurricanes, a very important game for the Panthers. Owen Tippett uh, manned the right wing on this one. Anton Lindell makes his return to the lineup along with to pair up with Mason Marchment and Maxim Mammon, his first game in three years for the Florida Panthers. And fourth line was Frank Petrano, Itu Lusterainen, and Patrick Hornquist. Defensive pairings were Aaron Eckblad and Mackenzie Weger. Brandon Montour and Gustav Forsling were paired together. And thank God for Brandon Montour's flexibility to play on both sides of the defense with Radko Gudas being out. So it gave him an opportunity to move up a spot too and still play that right side. Kevin Connaughton uh, played in the lineup and was paired with Chase Prisky in this one. And one thing I talked about uh, in uh on at least on the twitter page for locked on panthers was you're gonna see more emphasis on that top four for the florida panthers with kevin Connaughton not really playing uh many games he's really a spot uh player for this defensive core and of course with prisky making his nhl debut uh that's it's not someone who you want to play too many minutes just playing his first game and Prisky's time on ice for this one was 10:37 with Connaughton as well, uh, 12:16. So the that top four got a lot of minutes with Aaron Ekblad leading the way with 27 minutes and 36 seconds, including of course uh, overtime because this game did end up uh, finishing in overtime. But this was a game where there's a lot of back and forth, especially in the first period. But the Florida Panthers were just finding ways to. Find the puck and get it in the back of the net while Washington was not. And Sergei Borowski was amazing to start off, too. Uh, finished 10 out of 10 before exiting the game in the first period. He has an upper body injury and is listed as day-to-day. But the first two goals, Alexander Barkov uh, shoots it from the left circle. John Carlson uh, pushes Anthony Duclair into Ilya Samsonov. And what looked like the 
Peter Laviolette challenged that play. And with that push of Duclair into Samsonov, was a result of the goal standing, not confirmed. But And that's where it's important, where the initial call is the first thing that you say, the initial call matters. And we'll get more into initial calls later into uh, this segment. The second goal, I want to credit a lot to Chase Brisky. He didn't get on the stat sheet as far as assists. But before that second goal uh, by Aaron Ekblad, um, Chase Brisky had a deflection into the slot that created the rush the other way. And I want to also credit Anthony Duclair. He kept the puck into the zone. And as the puck was about to exit out, there was a rush going into the, into the front of the crease. Puck bounces, and then Aaron Ekblad finds it for, with the one-timer to get it past Samsonov. And then Samsonov was eventually uh, pulled in this one. So you get Vanacek starting, Samsonov comes back in, and Samsonov lets in two goals, and then Vanacek is back in. And then Bobrovsky, um, with a, this one is injury-related, uh, comes out of the game with an upper body injury, and I'm like, wow. So five goalie changes in this one <laughs> for, for, for this game. And I was kidding around with uh, Tyler Cool of Locked On Capital saying, this game is drunk. So the final two periods. Um, man, after the Sergei Bobrovsky injury, which before that he was playing great, 10 out of, like I said, 10 out of 10 in saves, um, the Washington Capitals were fast starting, get a goal within 43 seconds of this this one and the Daniel Sprong gets his second of the year and then Sprong gets another chance shortly after um and luckily though the Florida Panthers Montour gets a second of the season on a snapshot that uh Vanacek does not see coming goes right top shelf and Panthers go up 3-1 comfortable lead but still against this Washington Capitals team Against that top line of Kuznetsov along with Ovechkin, you were ready for anything. And especially on the power play, twice you could count. Both by both goalies were just ready to stop Ovechkin glove side. And Ovechkin had one in the first period where Bobrovsky was ready with the glove. And then early on, Spencer Knight was tested on glove side from Ovechkin. And he was able to stop it. But but let's talk up a little bit about Spencer Knight. Didn't have his uh, best game in this one. Of course, he came in relief with the injury to Sergei Borowski. 25 of 29 in this one. Uh, the second goal that uh, Spencer Knight uh, gave up in this one, it, it was, he was very off his crease on that shot from Alexander Ovechkin. And that, that's one where he created a little bit too much space, and that one just got under his glove. There was one where Barkov, what looked like to be at the time, a franchise-tying goal, and but Patrick Hornquist was called for goal interference. Immediately waved off. Originally, it that like I said, we talked about we're gonna go back to initial calls in this one, where the initial call matter, and I'm just like I don't know about this one. Um, Patrick Hornquist 
you could read his mouth saying he didn't touch him. But then there was one replay that had right over the goalie that you see Patrick Hornquist escape, touch Vitek Vanacek, and it's like, okay. Um, that, okay, Patrick Hornquist uh, touched the skate, and no goal. It's the correct call from the referees. And Patrick Hornquist, let's talk about Patrick Hornquist a little bit. He was getting under the skin of these Washington Capitals players. And if you know anything about the history between Washington and Pittsburgh, especially during their playoff rounds for multiple years, Pittsburgh was that team that Washington just had a hard time getting through. Patrick Hornquist was a big part of it. There's no love lost between Patrick Hornquist and these Washington Capitals. Um, there was a time before a stoppage of play um, that you saw Ovi and Patrick Hornquist uh, getting in each other's faces. Uh, it was actually at the end of a period where you see them talking and it's like, no love lost between these guys. And later on, going back to the recapping the game, later on into the second period, uh, the Florida Panthers get on a power play. Barkoff, uh, there was a shot around the net. Barkoff cleans it up, and the Florida Panthers uh, lead 4-1. And 4-1 is a score that the Florida Panthers are very familiar with. Barely times this season have you seen the Florida Panthers blow leads this year. And they've been, usually when they score four or even five, there's a chance that they will close out this game, finish it off, and win it. But there's a little bit of a scare. The Washington Capitals get some two quick goals late into the period. I talked about Ovi's goal against Spencer Knight where he was very off his crease um, and it goes under his glove. And then there there was a, also one where John Carlson shoots from the point and Tom Wilson is right there in front of the net. Nobody boxes him out and then it gets past Spencer Knight. And then you go from 4-1 to four three in just less than <laughs> less than four minutes of play. And just like that, the Washington Capitals who are still their championship window is not closed. Um they're definitely not. Sure, Ovi's getting older, Kuznetsov is getting older. Sure, uh TJ Oshie is not in the lineup for the Washington Capitals and Nicholas Backstrom, it's going to be a while until he comes back. So they're, yes, they're not at full strength. I understand that. But multiple times, um, teams from the Metropolitan Division have come into Sunrise. And even though they've been shorthanded, just look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. They didn't have uh, Sidney Crosby and they were able to challenge the Florida Panthers. And these shorthanded Washington Capitals have been able to challenge the Florida Panthers uh, in their trip to Sunrise, Florida. So the Florida Panthers, they find a way to win. They, 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 and that's what matters. Going to the third period, um, Maxim Mammon, you saw a little bit of involvement with him. He got a beautiful setup from Anton Lindell, and you could tell he's a little bit rusty, uh, being in and out of the lineup. He spent a little bit of time in the AHL this year before being called up. Don't know how long he's going to stay up here. Don't know if he's going to be put on waivers again, um, before sent, being sent down. And it's his first game in the, for the Florida Panthers in over three years. And then he had another opportunity uh, to score. Um, he led a two-on-one for the Florida Panthers in the third period. And you could tell there was a little bit of rust uh, with uh, Maxim Mammon, but really excited as well uh, to see him back. Uh, it's, it's, been a long, it's been a long time coming for um, 
Max and Mammon. The game tying goal was... I don't know if I've ever seen a weirder goal than that one. Ovi is behind the net. He flips the puck. All the Panthers are, um, are just looking around, looking lost. And it happens to be in front of Connor McMichael. And he gets it past Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight couldn't locate the puck. And that's one that you can't really put on uh, Spencer Knight, any of the Florida Panthers players, because that was just, that was a heads-up play by Alexander Ovechkin. Got three points, um, got a point in the last three goals for Washington, helping them lead the way. And the grade eight (laughs) gets another goal with his 10th of the season. And still very well on his way to breaking Wayne Gretzky's record, which will happen in a few years, probably in like the next like three years. So he's he's well on his way. And I I calculated earlier today, just the math nerd in me calculated how often Ovechkin scores versus how often Wayne Gretzky's goal um scored. And as far as goals, take not talking like points other points outside of goals but um ov scores at a higher rate and we again we talk about if you didn't have two lockout shortened seasons and the covid year man ov would be way ahead of what he he is right now in as far as um getting closer to wayne gretzky's record and he's gonna break it he has he signed a five-year deal at 9.5 um aav so Weird goal, um, and there was a little bit of a scare in this one, where towards the end of the third period, Itzulu Sarinen takes a high stick to the face near the end boards. He's hobbling to the locker room, goes through the tunnel. He's back. Okay, he's all right. We go to overtime. The Panthers, they control the pace big time in overtime where the Washington Capitals in the last two periods really controlled the pace. And it resulted in the shots on goal where Washington, like in every single game, Washington has outshot their opponents, according to Tyler cool of block on capital, something you talked about. And they did it once again tonight against the Panthers. That, that, that's just probably your, something you're going to see the next few times that the Florida Panthers play Washington, they're going to outshoot you. and. Panthers, man, they controlled that pace in the overtime. I don't think Spencer Knight even faced a shot if I'm if I'm gonna quickly look at the box score to see. And yeah, uh Florida Panthers, they outshot uh the Washington Capitals two to nothing in that overtime period. They controlled the the pace. They were able to reset every single time with three on three hockey, you're able to reset more because there's more spacing. And that's what three on three hockey brings versus typical five on five. Usually when you enter the zone, you don't want to get out, but with the spacing that three on three brings, you're able to definitely reset more. And what really stood out in that period for someone like Tom Wilson to be unable to get on the ice was when Tom Wilson was trying to exit the zone and Alexander Barkov, an aggressive forecheck, steals the puck, keeps it in, and then Tom Wilson just couldn't get off. 
And the Florida Panthers took advantage of that every single time they exited the zone and had extra, um, they got fresh bodies on the ice. And it resulted in Itulusterina, which looked like a feed originally to Frank Machano, deflects off the stick of a tired Tom Wilson and gets in the goal past Vitek Vanacek. Florida Panthers win 5 4 in overtime, 9 0 1. And the Florida Panthers defeat yet another contending team in the East. So, Florida Panthers, 9-0-1. They go one for three on the power play. They slightly lose the face-off battle, and that's just something that I'm used to with this season now and with this team kind of being hurt on the bottom six. the This team is going to have to find a way to stay afloat with the injuries of Joe Thornton. Sam Bennett at the moment. Yeah, sure, Anton Lindell came back in this one, but that's something that they're going to have to manage in the meantime while they're kind of uh, shorthanded in the bottom six as of right now. So another win. They contain the top line of the Washington Capitals, and they don't allow the Washington Capitals to control the pace in that overtime after being dominated that the last two periods. And even though you don't play your best game, you blew a 4-1 lead, this team still finds a way to win. And that's something to be very excited about for this Florida Panthers team. And incredible thing to see. Chase Prisky makes his NHL debut, and he gets a win in his very first game. Lots of things to celebrate. And Barkoff, once again, tied for the all-time lead in goals in Florida Panthers history. One away from breaking Ole Okunin's record. One more to get to 189. And we will be celebrating once that happens. And it's crazy. Florida Panthers have this guy for eight more years after this year. So maybe that's a record that could be untouchable for the Florida Panthers. So fun times here in Sunrise, Florida, 9-0-1. So in the next segment, we're going to preview Saturdays matchup a big matchup against the undefeated 9-0-0 Carolina Hurricanes so keep it right here on Locked on Panthers your first listen of the day we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season as always battle line is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, boxing to hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Battle line, where the game starts. Welcome back to this third segment of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers are coming off a 5-4 to four overtime victory against the Washington Capitals. And speaking of the Washington Capitals, because the Florida Panthers are facing up against the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday, of course, I always look ahead of the schedule to see who they play. And the Florida Panthers... Just quickly scrolling through the schedule on the NHL app, all their season series matchups against the Washington Capitals come this month 
Uh, they play on Black Friday and then shortly at, um, on the road on, on Black Friday. And then we'll be at home on the 30th on the very last day against Washington. And then I skimmed through it. I didn't see a single other matchup against Washington. If there's another one, I'll check later to confirm that. But I didn't see another matchup. So the season series, it looks like that the Panthers, it'll all just be this month against Washington. And then that's it. So don't like how that schedule is for both teams. You want to spread it out more. But Florida Panthers, 9-0-1, second best team based on points percentage in the NHL. I mean, they lost in a shootout against Boston, and it's just a glorified <laughs> skills competition, uh, to put it in the words of Tyler Cool of Locked On Capitals. And one thing that really annoyed me, I'm not going to lie, is the updated power rankings for the Locked On NHL came out as the Florida Panthers dropping a spot to number two with the Carolina Hurricanes claiming the top spot in this one. And as far as strength of schedule for opponents, the when I tweeted that out, I, I believe the Florida Panthers' uh, opponents' points percentage were so above 450, while um, Carolina's was just over, over 350. I don't remember the exact points percentage from the top of my head i tweeted it from the locked on florida panthers uh twitter account but man i and i and i kind of i was watching a uh blackhawks hurricanes yesterday and the blackhawks were up 3-1 uh late into the third period and then carolina comes back and wins 4-3 so wanted to Talk a little bit of smack to Jared Ellis of Locked On Hurricanes uh, about that. It's like, this is your number one team. But hey, the Florida Panthers, they get to face them head-to-head in Sunrise, Florida on Saturday night. And the this is a really big early season test. Let's be honest. The Carolina Hurricanes whooped Florida's ass last year. And there's no better way to say it, especially since... They have three very great lines with three very powerful centers. Aho, Trocek, former Florida Panther Trocek, who's in a contract year. Jordan Stahl, captain of the Carolina Hurricanes. Sure, they lost quite a few pieces with a big one in Alex Ndelkovic, but Freddie Anderson, he's really rejuvenated his career ever since leaving Toronto and coming to Carolina. and. Uh, Peter Morazic is up in Toronto now playing for the Maple Leafs. So they've pretty much uh, sought goalies. Dougie Hamilton leaves in free agency to join the New Jersey Devils. And many thought that that was a big loss for Carolina, that they were going to skip a beat. And then <sighs> they signed Tony D'Angelo. But we won't, just, we won't go into detail mostly about Tony D'Angelo. If you know his character, then you know why. But yeah. Um, many thought that Carolina was going to slightly miss a beat. Some of them still had them as a big contender in the Metropolitan Division, along with New York and Washington as well. But this, uh, this, uh, Florida Panthers team, they're going to remember how dominant the Carolina Hurricanes were against this Florida Panthers team last year because 
the only two wins that the Florida Panthers had last year in their eight games in the one-time Central Division COVID year, both of those wins came in overtime. And none of them came in regulation. Carolina has Florida's number as far as the last season is concerned. And it felt like as if Vincent Trocek scored in every single game against his former team uh, to make matters worse in that. And Florida, these two best teams who were, when what many people could argue, the best division last year in the COVID year that they had in the NHL last year, that very special season that I hope to never experience again. They get to face them for the first time this season, and they get to have a chance to show these guys from up in Raleigh, North Carolina, who it, who this team is also very well coached by Rod Brindamore. He was in a contract year last year, re-signs with the Carolina Hurricanes, and just they find a way to win, and they're they're really damn good. And some some of the games that they 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 beat the teams they're supposed to beat. That's that's pretty much the best way I can put it. They 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 beat the teams they're supposed to, and some of them come in dominating fashion. They destroy the New York Islanders six to three. They destroy the Montreal Canadiens four to one. They destroy the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets five to one. Toronto four to one. Boston three nothing. Chicago six uh, three at home. Um, and they. Just the other night, like I talked about, they come back from three to one and then they win a close one against Chicago. So they're they, they beat the teams they're supposed to. But now they're looking at this Florida Panthers team who's very different from last year. I will say that in full confidence, very different. And this is gonna be their toughest challenge yet. And this is gonna be Florida's toughest challenge yet. The worst part is, I'll I'll say this, is these are two teams in the southeast part of the United States, former Southeast Division foes as well. And this game's not nationally televised. And this is a game that the NHL definitely needs to highlight if they want to grow this game as well, because these are two Southeastern teams who are just a great story in this game. And this is going to be a fun one. I'm excited. Uh, and the Florida Panthers get an early chance to prove themselves against a team that dominated them last year. and. Maybe show also the rest of the Lockdown NHL hosts why the Florida Panthers shouldn't have slipped in the power rankings. Right now, Florida's number two. Carolina's number one. If you want to look more into the rest of the list for power rankings, you could listen to the Thursday show of Lockdown NHL with Adam Danker and Chris Maselli, where they discuss the whole list of power rankings. So, does do power rankings really mean anything? Not really, but it's just for bragging rights. And don't think that shootout loss should have cost the Florida Panthers a spot in it. But whatever. Well, um, Florida Panthers, they just got to take care of business on Saturday. And it's not just for power rankings reasons. It's just for confidence as well. And the standings and proceeding when they get into the playoffs. And, he, and hopefully meet this Carolina Hurricanes team again, which if they were both to win their respective divisions... It would be the conference final. So, big game on Saturday. Can't wait. And we'll be back with you on Monday for sure to break down this game and look 
forward as well to Monday's matchup against the New York Rangers, where the Florida Panthers will start kicking off a four-game road trip starting next week. So exciting times ahead for the Florida Panthers team. 9-0-1, and the best start, more importantly, in franchise history. Their other best start was the 96-97 season. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumped into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be breaking down all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Lockdown Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leads on his decades of fantasy experience to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free on all platforms, so follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>